Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 151. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee, well, he's not with me, unfortunately. But, hey, at least we got half the team back out on the road. Whew. The two weeks of sitting at home and having no MMA junkie at an event is over. Thank God. Brutal, man. Brutal. I was not a fan. But we're not going to complain about that. We're back on the road now. And not only are we back on the road, in Austin, Texas. Cannot beat Austin, Texas. I was born and raised in Dallas. I'm always going to be partial to Dallas as my hometown. But if you've never been to Austin, it is a fun place to go, man. Definitely a great place for a UFC weekend. You know, if, you can, if you're can, if you a you know, college sports fan or something like that, or you can get lucky like this and have a UFC event, bam, put it on your list of destinations. Great food. Great scene, uh, and really cool because we're actually staying downtown this time. Now, the host hotel this week is the JW Marriott. That's that high-dollar place. I, of course, am not staying at the JW Marriott. I am around the corner a few minutes away at an Airbnb, but still downtown, which is awesome because the last time the UFC came uh, to Austin, the host hotel was actually about an hour away. It was in uh, Horseshoe Bay, which is a, a, a great area. It's a resort you know, on the outskirts of town. And it's really cool, but man, just it's you don't have that vibe, you know. You don't, you can't walk out of the hotel and you know walk around all the little bars and restaurants and stuff like that. You're just kind of stuck at this resort area. So you know, no, no, no issue with Horseshoe Bay. It's a great place to just go chill and relax or whatever. But you know, when it comes to actually having a nice little downtown scene, Austin's nice. Of course, it's the state capital. It's the home of the University of Texas as well. It's expensive to live here. Real estate is incredibly expensive, but it's a cool place to visit. So happy to be in Austin, Texas. Wish, wish my boy Cold Coffee was with me. But, uh, hey, these are the days, man. These are the days. Those those two-man trips are going to be few and far between, unfortunately. I think, you know, the big pay-per-views will still be okay. And, of course, all the Vegas fans when we're at home will do that. But, uh, you know, the fight nights and stuff for now, it looks like the, our, our new reality is one person at a time on the road. So, Makes things a little bit different, but we got some ideas. We got some ideas. We don't want to change around the whole MMA road show. And I don't want to lose my partner, Cold Coffee. Man, he's he's half the show. Hell, he might even be the better half of the show, depending on who you talk to. So we definitely want to figure some things out. But listen, uh, here, of course, for UFC Fight Night 126, Cerrone versus Medeiros. We'll definitely get to uh, some of that. I, I, I never like to spend too much time wrapping up. I, I didn't do a and-a-half episode for UFC 221 because we weren't on the ground. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not bringing anything behind the scenes. What the hell do you care what I have to say? But now that we're sitting down to talk about some MMA, I did want to touch on it real quick because I, I have an interview that, uh, that I did this week, too, that I want to bring to you. So uh, UFC 221 turned out to be great. Now, I will say, out of the two events we missed. But, Lem, you know, a lot of Brazilian winners, a lot of Portuguese speakers. Well, we probably got, got away okay with that. But I, I feel like we missed a lot by not being at UFC 221. I thought it was a great night. Very, very entertaining card. A lot of good stories coming out of it, man. I'm bummed that we at MMA Junkie just weren't able to bring you that on-the-scene coverage that you're used to. So hopefully you can forgive us, understand it's the bean counters upstairs making the calls and we're going to keep trying to do the best we can. And uh, for the for the time being, anyway, we're looking good. For the rest of Thursday, uh, Thursday. <laughs> for the rest of February, for March, for April, we are, we're all booked and set up and, and good to go. So 
Hopefully it was a little, just a little hiccup along the road. But UFC 221 turned out to be a really, really fun card. I don't want to be one of those guys that says, oh, you know, it's the card that nobody's paying attention to. You know, that's that's cliche at this point, right, to say that if you're not paying attention to a card, it's going to be good. Well, that's, that's not necessarily true. It could suck. But I think we knew going in there were some interesting storylines that we wanted to talk about and that we wanted to see. And, man, I think we got rewarded. You know, both the, the, the local scene, certainly I think they had to enjoy it being in Perth for the very first time. You know, I think the, the, the Perth folks, as we crack open a frosty, award-winning past Blue Ribbon, I think that the local scene had to enjoy it, but just overall it was a good, it was a good night of action. You know, the, the prelims, Ross Pearson looked good. God, God bless him, man. It's just nice to see him resurgence. I know he's had some tough days. Uh, Jose Quinones looked good. Taruto Ishihara. Oh, our boy Taruto. Still got him, man. He's you know once you once your team roadshow, you're always team roadshow. I'm gonna stand behind Taruto, but you know he's got some work to do. But you know once you got out of that fight pass portion, especially some really really meaningful fights, uh, starting with the preliminary card, Juicy Formiga with the beautiful technical submission win over Ben Wynn. Of course, it started with striking Formiga. I, you know he's the to me the overlooked guy at flyweight. Really is the overlooked guy at flyweight. Impressive career record. Has has. You know, has alternated some wins and losses along the way. Yes, he's, you know, he's fallen short against your your Henry Cejudo's and and your Joseph Benavides. You know, he's he's definitely you know just a cut below those top 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 tier guys. But he is somebody that matters in the flyweight division. So, you know, I don't know if this was enough to get him a uh, a title shot necessarily. You know, I'd mentioned Joseph Benavides. I ran into him uh, the week of the fight, and he said he was really watching that fight and thought that. Especially if Ben Wynn won, that you know it might make sense for him his comeback fight from injury to be against Ben Wynn. <sighs> you know I don't know if it makes sense to fight Formiga. I don't know if for Joseph Benavides. I'm not sure, but you know the the guy does matter in the flyweight division. And I've said it before. It's I know it's kind of silly, but I, I have always wanted to see Demetrius Johnson face Juice Formiga because he's one guy in that top ten that he hasn't that Mighty Mouse hasn't faced yet. And I know that. You know, maybe kind of silly of a reason or whatever, but you know we're always looking for fresh matchups, and I just think, you know, for him to literally hold a win over every top-ranked opponent in the division would be pretty special. I know he's gonna have his hands full pretty soon with T.J. Dillashaw, but you know, just something to think out there. I mean, maybe the Formiga Benavides fight makes sense. I, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of fights. You know, Joseph has has been uh, so such a top-ranked contender for so long. I think he's worthy of a title shot again if he can get one or two big more wins. I think it's been long enough, but we'll see. But impressive win for Juice Formiga. Ben Wynn still has plenty of upside for him as well, but this was good. Alex Volkanovski, how good did he look? Man, Volkanovski is an absolute mauler. I, and and this guy is cool, man. Really, What, what a great personality. You know, I talk about personalities and characters and that sort of thing. I mean, this this guy is, is such a, a, a great personality behind him. He, he loves dressing up, wearing the suits with the bow ties, and uh, he's got a little bit of a, a feel about him. Doesn't like to trash talk, says he just wants to f- fight bullies, wants to uh, you know beat the people that talk too much. So somebody to keep your eye on for sure. Alex Volkanovski looked like just an absolute world beater. Israel Adesanya, the style bender, the last style bender as he went by. Just looked phenomenal against Rob Wilkinson. The dude striking is on another level. And uh, we'll talk more about him in just a second because I actually did get to uh, speak to Adriel Adesanya 
last week, or uh, I should say this week, earlier, uh, just, I guess, yesterday. Man, my days are running together. Not going to lie, just so you know, here's here, here was my week. Well, Wednesday was Valentine's Day, of course, and uh, we we had some staff emergencies, man. Shout out, uh, you know, I'll, it's his story to tell, so I definitely won't share all the details, but um, Simon Simano, the newest addition to the MMA Junkie staff, man, he had a, a pretty serious family emergency, and, and the truth be told, he's still dealing with it a little bit. Things are looking better, but... They're not completely resolved. He's not completely out of the woods yet. So it's he's fine, but it's he's got some family concerns and um, some scary stuff, to be honest with you. And uh, so so we had to change up the schedule a little bit and, and give him some time off. And so that, that made it short over the weekend anyway. And so I ended up having to work on Valentine's Day. No big deal. My wife's pretty understanding, but, you know, did have to work Valentine's Day. Then on top of that, my kid got sick. And so that complicated everything. So we had all these plans laid out, how we were going to handle it. And then my kid got sick, running a 102-degree temperature. We had to pick him up from school. You know, they sent him home. And so that changed up all of our plans. And then I took the red eye out on Wednesday night, the uh, the, the the old 1.20 a.m. out of Las Vegas, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning to Dallas, connected through Dallas, and then Dallas to Austin. So I got into Austin this morning at 7.50 a.m. local time. Uh, hung out at the airport until about 11 or so. Went to the Admirals Club and did some work there. Got some notes together. Came to the host hotel. Knocked out a bunch of interviews. Um, and then had dinner. And then I was sitting down to do the roast. So I'm not on much sleep right now. So if I, if I say something that doesn't make any sense, I want to apologize for that. But please understand, it's been a hectic day. I'm looking forward to getting some sleep tonight. So when I say last week I spoke to Israel Adesanya, as I'm looking at my iCal right now, let me say that, that was actually about 24 hours ago. Uh, it was late Wednesday afternoon, as it's now Thursday evening, as we sit down to record, like we always do. So I will share that interview with Israel Adesanya, because I, I do think he's somebody to watch. Uh, Maestro Dong Young Kim picked up the win over Damian Brown. Then we got into the, the, the meat and potatoes. Tyson Pedro with the incredible submission win. Shocked he didn't get a bonus, man. Really am shocked he didn't get a bonus. Same could be said maybe for Tai Tuivasa as well. Tai Tuivasa, the the uh, the impressive win over Cyril Asker, and then, of course, the impressive Shuey afterwards, which I have to admit I had never heard of. And uh, I like my frosty beverages, but I don't know if there's one damn thing that appeals to me about drinking a beer out of somebody's shoe. I mean, damn, son. Not out of my shoe, and definitely not out of somebody else's shoe. That's some crazy shit. What's wrong with you, Ty Tuivasa? <laughs> uh, but what a performance. I mean, that guy is a character, man. So memorable. Character as well. Those guys are, are, uh, are brothers-in-law. So um, pretty cool. Pretty big wins there. Jake Matthews, of course, the win over Lee Jingliang. Jake Matthews looked phenomenal, man. He looks like he's taking his game up a level. And, of course, you know, the eye pokes will be remembered from Lee Jingliang. I, I, look, I look forward to talking to the Leech again. I don't, I don't think the Leech is a dirty fighter. I know he's being... Grilled. He's a he is a, a team roadshow guy, man. I, I like Lee Jinglung, and so maybe I'm cutting him too much slack. It definitely was not good. I mean, I'm no doctor, but it looked like that blood that was coming from the eye was coming from the eye poke. I, I don't I don't know. It was ugh, not good to look at. So, uh, but I don't I don't I'd like to hear from him. I don't think he meant for it to be dirty, but a great performance by Jake Matthews, Curtis Blades surviving. The hammers from Mark Hunt coming back and winning. Now you got a, a new contender, Curtis Blaze. I'm a big Curtis Blaze fan, too. I, I like the guy, man. Just a, a humble dude. Um, 
you know, he's he's uh, he's kind of quiet and reserved almost. You know, he's um, he, he kind of got this slight little stutter when he talks, and 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 I think that makes him hesitate a little bit. But I think it makes him all the more endearing. I mean, here's this big monster, a uh, big big dude, uh, strong, powerful, but you know, super quiet, polite, respectful, humble, reserved. Um, admits he really doesn't even like fighting that much. It's just, you know, it's, it's a way for him to support his family. So um, big win for him. And, and, you know, beating Mark Hunt is one thing. And I know people booed him for, for taking him down. But come on, man. If you're going in there facing Mark Hunt, who the hell is going to stand in front of Mark Hunt and just start swinging? I mean, if you did that, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. So for him to, to, to go to the takedowns, and especially to take the punches, you know, I get it. Had maybe – had maybe just right from the opening bell, he shoots in and, and takes him down. It's it's 15 minutes of nonstop takedowns. Then I, I get why somebody might be pissed off. But he got lit up and survived. So if you've been lit up by Mark Hunt, of course you go to the takedown. Everybody knows that's how you beat Mark Hunt. And if you survived a barrage, you tasted that power. I, you know... I know why the people were booing, especially the, the the hometown Australians. You know they want to see the Super Samoan doing his thing, um, but hopefully their 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 frustrations will not be long term with Curtis Blades because there's just no other way for him to fight that fight. And uh, and then of course Uel Romero with the devastating win over Luke Rockhold. Um, man, feel rough for Luke. Man, you know knowing that UL missed weight, you know, knowing that Luke was supposed to be challenging for the title, then had to settle for the interim title, then Luke misses weight. I mean, excuse me, UL misses weight, and Luke has to has to take the fight. I mean, he doesn't have to, but of course you don't go all that way to, to, to back out. And you know, man, can you imagine? People were not looking forward to UFC 221 anyway. Can you imagine if that main event had been called off? Oh, my goodness. So you know he's got the pressure of the UFC in his ear and feeling some responsibility there. Not only that, I mean, he wants to get paid. He didn't do all that training camp to not get paid. And, of course, he got a nice little chunk out of UL's money. So, but, but a tough spot for Luke Rockwell. And I thought he was fighting a decent fight. I thought he was fighting a decent fight. You know, not a great fight. Not a flawless fight, but a decent fight. But Yell's a dangerous dude, and... I'm down to see UL and Whitaker again. I mean, some fresh matchups would have been great, but man, UL, you know, I don't know how much longer he's he's uh, he's got left to give, but man, I, I, I want to see it while he's here. So pretty pretty phenomenal stuff. So overall, just a, a really really fun card. But something that you know, kind of really I thought about, you know, when watching this card is you know especially when you look at that main card and, and no no disrespect to Cyril Asker, no disrespect to to Safarbek Safarov but to me you know I I, I knew Tai Tuivasa and Tyson Pedro were like guaranteed wins right I mean nothing's guaranteed in MMA right this is a sport where Matt Serra beat George St. Pierre so nothing is guaranteed but you knew kind of looking at that card it was pretty pretty likely that they were going to win. And the heck, for that matter, I mean, Israel Adesanya, you know, no disrespect to Rob Wilkinson either, but, you know, I think this was a match that was made to showcase a little bit. And and you know what? I think that's okay. And I think, honestly, you know, the UFC may need to, to consider doing more of that as much as possible. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of Strike Force, the Scott Coker way of doing things sometimes where man you could look at a card sometimes in strike force and just know you knew everybody that was going to win right you knew it you knew what the matchups were made for but then the fights happen and they're fun right because you see finishes 
you see finishes. And that happens when you have, you know, again, I don't want to say mismatch because I don't want to disrespect anybody that's competing in the UFC. I just don't. Anybody that goes in there and does that deserves our respect. But, you know, to say one fighter is seems to you know have a skill advantage over the other, I don't think that's disrespectful. I think that's okay sometimes. You've got to build stars. This seems to be such a big discussion right now is building stars, building stars. How do you do it? And it ain't easy. It ain't easy. You can't just pick somebody and build them. They got to have some charisma. They got to have that X factor about them. And they got to win. And that's the one part you really can't control. But you can do some things along the way. You can help guide some people. You can make some matchups that are favorable. And I think it's okay to do that. I think it's okay for Tyson Pedro, this young in his career, to not be facing number three contender, number two contender, number one contender, even if we feel he's a future champion. Same thing with Tai Tuivasa. I think he's going to face some of those upper echelon, top-tier heavyweights. But for now, he's still kind of cutting his teeth a little bit. You know, earn his way. And that's the one thing that's great about the UFC is we put the best against the best. We put the best against the best. That's amazing about the sport that we love. We don't do like boxing. We don't we don't want a guy to face 30 cans before he gets one real fight. No, 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 no. We want the best to fight the best. But you, you, you got to have a couple fights along the way. You got to let people get built up. And I think this was one of those cards and I guess that's maybe what makes it less appealing going in because you're looking at it. I knew I wanted to watch Tuivasa fight. I knew I wanted to watch Pedro fight. I knew Matthews and Jing Liang was going to be a fun fight. I had Jing Liang winning. Uh, that was my pick going in. But I didn't know Jake Matthews was going to look that damn good. But I think sometimes you need these types of cards where I guess the risk is though you look at it on paper and you're not that compelled. You're compelled when you see number one versus number two. You're compelled when you see number three versus number five, whatever it may be. You're not really compelled if you see number nine against whatever. You know, sometimes these rankings can be a little bit of a hindrance. You know, uh, I, I was talking to some people in uh, in Bellator about the UFC ranking system and, and, and if they would ever be interested in doing a ranking system. And, um, you know, these, these are people I won't name, but, you know, they were kind of like, Dude, rankings aren't always the best thing either because you're forced to make some matches. It kind of takes some of the creativity out of the of the matchmaking process and the booking process. And I was like, man, you know what? I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it's true. Like, if there's a fun fight and it's number three versus number 20, but it's a fun fight, you have a hard time selling that to the public. And it's easy to just say, oh, I'm not interested. I'm not interested even though you're not really talking about the story of the fight or why you care about the fight or why the fight matters. And the reason the fight matters isn't always because number one's fighting number two. Sometimes there's other reasons. So, I don't know. Listen, I, I thought UFC 221 was a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys did watch it. I know a lot of people are saying they weren't, but uh, I, I thought it was definitely worth the time. And I thought Israel, the last style bender at Asanya, was uh, you know, a star in the making. You know, not only is his, is his fighting style unbelievable, but he's got the personality as well. Uh, you know, he's got the swagger about him. He's not afraid to get in there and be a little bit cocky. You know, ton of experience fighting in the striking sport. So he's not new to this. He's not new to, to any of it. And uh, I, I thought he turned in a great performance. And, of course, I was bummed that we weren't there and we didn't get to bring the on-site coverage. So, uh, fortunately, Pete Klosko, PR over at uh, UFC Australia, was was kind enough to set me up on, on a phone interview and uh, just got to talk to Adesanya. He was somebody I really wanted to. He's, he's. Uh, I mean, listen, it doesn't take a very uh, polished 
uh, scouting eye <laughs> to look at that guy and see there's some some freaking talent there. You know, can he wrestle? Can he do jujitsu? We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. But uh, but I think we're gonna see some fun out of him either way. So anyway, without further ado, here is my conversation from yesterday <laughs> slash last week slash I don't even remember what the hell day it was, but no, it was yesterday with uh, Israel Adesanya. Uh, Israel, I've got John here from MMA Junkie. John, take away, mate. Israel, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And let me just say, first of all, congratulations on the win. I I know that afterwards you, you kind of gave the sign that it was just an okay performance, but now that you've had a chance to review, you you, you feel a little better about what you did in there? No, same, same. Get a minute, so we'll see if I'm being gracious. But, um, yeah, uh, it wasn't because of what anything that he did. It was about me and what I did. So, um yeah, I felt the energy of the room. Uh, it was a big room in Perth Arena, and I just kind of went with the flow. I didn't put my foot on the gas. I listened to my coach. And he just told me, don't put your foot on the gas just yet. And when I was trying to put the foot on the gas, uh, I went lead foot. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was definitely exciting to watch. What was the feel like? I mean, you're no stranger to big fights or combat sports, but did this feel different, you know, being the UFC and, and, and being this stage? Did it have a different feeling going into it? Uh, not really going into it. It was um, definitely, I, I will say, I've, I've fought on many shows around the world, and the UFC is top-notch. They don't fuck around. They're very uh, by the book with everything they have, everything at the time and the place. There's no, um, like, a days ago, they run a tight ship, the tightest I've, I've been at. So apart from that, you know, uh, I think it was the best show I've ever done uh, or worked for, but... Yeah, same energy, just a different case, different different organization. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you picked up an extra fifty grand for the night. That's a got to be a nice reward. Any any fun plans for that money? Uh, nothing really. Just like I said, keep the same energy. Uh, I'm sure now people want to give me shit for free anyway, so I don't have to buy nothing. <laughs> that works out great. Well, listen, I know your 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 move to the UFC was kind of a, a long time coming. I I know that they had been chasing you for quite some time. I just wondered, kind of, what the holdup was. I mean, was it uh, was it just about negotiations, or was it something that you didn't think the time was quite right? What what took so long for you to finally get to the UFC? Um, well, I was contracted to another company uh, in Asia, and um, the contract ended uh, this year, early this year. So everything just kind of fell into place. But um, also, I was glad I uh, had that time to get my experience in MMA and really, uh, you know, fight different styles, different body types all around the world. And, um, yeah, I just I felt, you just know when it's time. When you know, you know. And everything just kind of lined up perfectly. It was like the perfect storm. And now I'm here in the UFC. Yeah, I think we're excited to have you here in the UFC for sure. What what did make you make that decision to commit full time to MMA? Because obviously you've accomplished so much, you know, in stand up, striking sports. Uh, what made you decide that you wanted the challenge of of changing over to MMA? Um, yeah, the challenges for MMA, I think, is just uh, if I if I if I wanted to do the easy road, I'll just start to boxing or kickboxing because I'm very 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 good at striking. So um, for me, in the back of my mind, I don't know if it's my ego or my, um, hmm. I don't know, just me being anxious. I just felt if I ever run up on a guy who's a jiu-jitsu black belt or a really good wrestler, he'd be able to he'd be able to mess me up. He'd be able to fuck me up, you know, without even doing a single punch. And I can't, as a man, or as, just as Israel myself, I can't live with that feeling vulnerable 
like, you know, someone might have an advantage in another area on the ground or against the fence or against the wall in the alleyway over me. So I just feel, yeah, I need to be able to be well-versed in everything. And, yeah, I love the challenge as well, the challenge of learning. This is martial arts, you know. You have to keep evolving, keep learning. And, man, when you jump into MMA, there's so much to learn, you know. There's what you know, there's what you don't know, and then there's what you don't know you don't know, which is infinite. So we're just going to keep learning. That's awesome. So, I mean, people obviously are going to view you as a striking specialist, but what's practice like for you? I mean, do, do you enjoy getting in there and wrestling? Do you enjoy getting in there and do jujitsu because you're, you're learning something, or is, it, or is it something you kind of dread and just do because you have to? No, hell yeah. I love, I love grappling, you know? Nothing like a sweaty man just trying to choke you out <laughs> day in, day out. This is nothing. You know? um, yeah, I love grappling, but, you know, you guys, I mean, everyone just thinks they want to take me down. I welcome it. Like, for me, I wanted to showcase my stand-up on the last fight just to make my debut, you know, put a stamp on it, get that 50 Gs. Uh, but um, I, I welcome someone to try to take me down and keep me down. Or, you know, see what I'm like on my back, see do what I'm like on top, you know. Uh, hey, this is this is not just stand-up fighting. Like I said, I would have taken the the other road and just done those things easily. But this is this mixed martial arts. You have to be able to mix it up, and you know, eventually, you know, if it ain't broke, I'm trying to fix it. So I'm just gonna keep doing what I do. But you know, one time you might see me drop a lateral drop with someone, or or, or drop to a nagi, or even a single leg, a crazy single leg. You never know. I love it, man. I love it. Well, that you know, that kind of touches on it. But I wonder, what what do you think the career path is for you? Because I think a lot of fans would like to just see you matched up with fellow strikers and just you know see you going out there and, and showing your 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 strengths and and putting together a highlight reel. Does that sound fun to you, or is this more about you know a run to the title? And if that means you're fighting wrestlers, you're fighting wrestlers, and it means you know you, you want to be number one. What what do you think is the chosen path for you? I'll fight anyone, anyone. Um, I'm not, I've never really had my fights cherry picked. I've never had them cherry picked over my career. Uh, you know, like all these other guys, a lot of these guys get into the UFC or even in other combat sports, you know, like boxing or kickboxing, they get their fights cherry picked. Not me. All my fights were just fighting the best people from different parts of the, of the planet and messing up with best guys. Uh, I've, you know, so now I'm in the UFC and people are like, oh, you know, um, feed him some cans first. Oh, get into a top 10. I don't really care. You don't want to fight for me. Like, wherever I fight, my, my paycheck's still the same. And uh, I'm getting bonuses in all the rest of my fights. I like it. You know, people, obviously, Israel, are tagging you as a star, man. You've got the fighting style. You've got the personality. You know, you've got the flair in there as well. Uh, do you feel like that's your destiny? I mean, do you feel like the next yeah. superstar in mixed martial arts? Yeah, I've been there for, for a long time. You guys are just late to the party. So I've expected all this. I just finished my first presser, my first, um, like, just me, presser. So, um, yeah, I've, I've prepped for all this for years. I've never, I, I never had a doubt. I just knew in time. I just buy my time. Trust the, trust the process, you know, respect the process. And, yeah, here I am. Very good. Well, I know people are excited to see you again. So what's the next move? Are you, uh, are you looking to get booked again quickly? Do you, do you want to fight in the States or, or you know, fight uh, in, in that market down there again? What's, what's, uh, what's the next plan for you? Me, um, at the moment, I'm just chilling in my nest. I'm nesting. I mean, people know a lot lately, so I just want to kind of spend time with myself and my dog. Uh, but um, on our next plan, get back to the gym called Monday. And, uh, hmm, I don't know. I know I'm, I'm, no one's really calling me out or saying anything yet. I know these boys, they're just treating me like uh, the Dark Lord. 
he who shall not be named. But I feel like if they say my name, they might get the power. Or maybe they're scared. I don't really care. All I know is I'm working. If you want to beat me, you better do it yesterday because every fucking day I'm getting better. And the next time I get it, I, I mean, you saw the guy. He tried his life to try and keep me down, but he couldn't even keep me down. Um, next time, you guys are going to see another level. And I'm going to keep getting better because I said this is mixed martial arts and you have to evolve. Evolve or die. That was the last album in there. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like his attitude. And uh, listen, he's a striking specialist. And I think, you know, I think the UFC is going to match him up pretty pretty favorably for a while and let him face some strikers. He's going to have to face some wrestlers at some point. But I think they'll they'll try to put him against some guys that'll, you know, that'll be willing to stand and trade with them or, you know, that don't have the top tier wrestling so high that, that you know, they're just going to jump right on him right away. And I think that's okay because I think people are going to want to watch that guy. And I'm sure there's going to be some people that hate him because he's got a little bit of swagger to him. That's for damn sure. But uh, but I enjoyed his performance and I enjoyed the conversation. So I want to thank uh, thank him again and uh, thank Pete Klosko down at the UFC in Australia for setting that up. All right, so that takes us to this week. Uh, and I should say, if you like what you're listening this week, do us a favor. Log into iTunes. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're getting the download every week. Make sure you take a quick second to uh, to rate us. Give us five stars if you can. And if you don't mind, leave a little review. Leave a little feedback. Tell us what you like. Just say what's up. I, I love seeing that feedback from the fans. Uh, but that takes us to this week. UFC Fight Night 126. Cerrone versus Medeiros. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Yancey Medeiros. Fun fight. It's interesting because you don't often see people in the UFC matched up with, with one on a winning streak and one on a losing streak. You know, usually the, the matchmakers try to try to keep a similar uh, arc, trajectory of career when they put people together. And that makes sense. You know, you're kind of setting up a little tournament, right? You know, two guys that won, who moves on? Two guys that lost, okay, who moves further down? Who stays up? Uh, that's not the case here. Cowboy Cerrone, of course, is battling through a, a, a losing streak. And, and – uh, a tough one at that. It ended with that that loss to, to Darren Till, which was brutal, man. I mean, Darren Till just muscled him up. Meanwhile, Yancey Medeiros fighting better than ever in his career. I mean, just, you know, becoming one of these cats from Hawaii that's just on a roll. Three wins in a row. That amazing, you know, fight of the year candidate against Alex Oliveira last time out. I mean, one of the craziest fights you'll ever see. One of the funnest fights you'll ever see. Spectacular, fun, fun matchup. I'm excited for it. I really am. You know, I don't know necessarily what it means in the division, but I think on paper it's it's going to be a fun fight. Um, from what I understand, ticket sales doing very very well done here, so uh, that's good. I always like to hear in Texas uh, that, my, that that the that the fans are showing up and uh, showing out because uh, I love anytime we can get a chance to come back to Texas and. Get close to get close to my hometown and get close to family, that sort of thing. So, uh, really, really excited about this matchup. Um, but I tell you what, I mean, there's it's a big one for Cowboy. It's a big one for Cowboy, and um, you know, Medeiros, he, he wants to put himself in a place where he can, you know, keep his wins up and 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 keep moving forward and all those things. But you know, he's he's in a good spot. He's in the driver's seat right now, Cowboy. 
on the other hand, does not want to go through four straight losses. So uh, I did get a chance to sit down, Cowboys. So let's just just start off our discussion of this card with a fun conversation because I think you're going to like it. You know, Donald Cerrone, uh, you know, is not he doesn't necessarily love doing interviews like phone interviews and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, we did it in Poland and we did it here. He's been so great and gracious with his time. It's funny we sat down today. And uh, he was wearing riding gear, and it, it he was uh, actually going to him and his crew were, were jumping on motorcycles and heading to the Alamo, uh, which is it was in San Antonio, of course, about an hour away. And um, yeah, so before they before they headed to the Alamo, they sat down with me and, and did an interview. And uh, once again, you know, I thought I thought Cowboy, I just uh, I I don't see how you can't be a fan of this guy. Just you know, as honest as he is. And, and what he brings to the table. And so as we get started this card, I'll just let you hear now. Uh, let's hear Cowboy Cerrone. Well, last time I saw you, sir, you were getting ready for a uh, European vacation with your, with your crew. Yeah. How did, uh, I know it probably wasn't the, the send-off that you wanted to get it started with, but how was that experience for you? It was a lot of fun. We traveled all over Europe. It was cool having the whole team there and just visiting Germany, London, Paris. It's cool, man. It's cool. Very cool. How tough is that for you? I mean, again, you, I'm sure you want to go out there on a win, and they got extra money in your pocket, and in the, in the feeling of glory. How do you, how do you how do you leave that behind? That professional stuff behind, and, and say now I got to focus on my personal life and, and enjoy myself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I just I just found out a win a win Sunday night ties me for the lead in most most wins in UFC history. Uh, this is my 27th UFC walk. My 35th under Zufa. So, I've been here a while, man, you know? So, winning or losing just, unfortunately, losing sucks, right? But everyone wants to win every, I wish I'd go out and win every single one. My pay would be a hell of a lot better. But, um, man, when you lose, you just, sucks kind of bangs the whole team. And then you, the crazy thing is, man, that next day, the sun still rises, man. Right, birds still chirping, so you just kind of like put it behind you and just move on. And then a week down the road, we kind of assess what we did wrong, what we think we need to improve, and we just we grow and we try and work on it. And uh, it's funny, I used to always talk shit when I'd sit in these chairs and be like, I hear all the kids saying, I'm in the best shape of my life, I can do the most sit ups I've ever done, you know. And god damn it, here I am, I'm in the best shape of my life, I can do the most sit ups I've ever done in my life. Mentally, I'm the strongest I've ever fucking been. This fight's already won in my mind before I even walk in there on Saturday, you know? Um, we just did everything right. We sat down as a team, and we fucking made it happen, man, you know? It's not like this is a must-win. This is a must-win for me just because I'm fucking tired of losing, man. It has nothing to do with setting some record or, or getting back on track or proving anybody wrong. It's just, it's fucking time. Let's go. You know, give a shit about keeping my job or give a shit about making a statement to the guys in the upper weight class. I just, let's go, turn the fucking, let's go, cowboy, turn the fucking pony up, bitch, you know? Um, so that's what this is about. It's about me and uh, having fun. And this is what I love, man. I love fighting. It's like the scariest, most intense, fun feeling. I, can, I couldn't even explain it to you, but from right now, can't sleep at night. Eating's hard, make the weight, half the battle's over, fight day, fuck, all your friends are like, you're gonna kill him. Uh, no, bitch, I gotta go in there and fight. Like, it doesn't just go like that. Scared, let's go. Pack your shit, we're in the arena. 
all your teammates are fighting, your coach is there. It's crazy, it's scary. You go throw up in the bathroom, I do anyways. Um, then you're standing, you walk down the hall and fucking lights in your face just like this. Now you're live on TV, you walk down the tunnel and you're like, holy shit, six weeks and it's here and it's now. And I've been on the edge of a plane about to jump out. I've been on top of mountains and nothing puts that fucking hair on the back of my neck feeling like walking in that fucking octagon and they shut that door and you're like, well, there's only two ways this can go, right? In or out. And uh, come Sunday, man, like I said, I've won in my mind. Everything I've done is here. Man, the old WC kicking ass Cowboys back and I feel it and I'm hungry again and I love it. And I'm looking for that feeling, man. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to stand in that octagon and stare across and see Yancey and think, God, oh, you poor son of a bitch. You're the one who do bad and uh, go out there and do it. That's awesome, man. I mean, can you talk about what changes it took? Because you've always, you know, enjoyed yourself. You've talked about the past. But, I mean, what actual changes Sorry, did you have to make? Right there. No, I love it. That's, that's what we're here for, man. That's what we're here for. I mean, what, what kind of changes did you have to make? Is it, was it, I mean, were we talking about physical things in the gym or just mental things that you're doing outside of it? What kind of, what kind of tweaks did you have to make? More like inside myself things because, I mean, I don't, I'm not sitting here and I make excuses. I'm not a guy to ever make excuses, you know. Uh, the Masvidal fight got me. Robbie was a super close fight, but Darren Till fight, I was like, who is this dude? Just, I was filming a movie, didn't pay the kid no mind. Turns out he's a real bad motherfucker um, and hits really hard. They were asking me about him, how I could break him down. I said, well, the 13 and a half seconds that I got took him to whip my ass, I didn't really have much time to assess the kid. But, um, so yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what changed, man. We, um, kind of stick to our same guns as far as training and whatnot, but a lot of cardio. I need to have my cardio. I'm like a cardio king, so knowing step A, my cardio's there, I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know? Like, I can just go. I, I have, like, this mental break, like an emergency break in my brain, and if I don't think I've done enough preparation, the brake's pulled, so it's like trying to drive my truck with the e-brake on. Oh, man, I just can't, I just can't get it in gear and go. Right now, there's nothing I did not do. We got every everything covered, man. You know, it's it's important to me have all my coaches. They live with me at the ranch, and we just train and have fun, man. So, so I'm saying we're about to take off and drive down to the Alamo. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're headed right now. So I, I don't just dress like a biker every day. When I do, it's because we're riding. So we're all we're taking off, driving to the Alamo. Go put put our knees in the breeze, man. Have a little bit of fun and. To me, this is what fight week and everything about. This is what I love. I mean, with no stress and no worry, just free my mind, man. And no Sunday, I'm going to be able to pull the trigger. I was kind of surprised you came back four months later. I mean, uh, was this well, something I was that in fucking timeout? That's what happened. Oh, you, or you'd have been back quicker. Oh yeah, that was a that was a mandatory sit your ass down and figure your life out. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't me. Wow. So they so you wanted to fight right away and just get back in there? Yeah, of course. I mean. They were just like, just, just slow your roll, cowboy. Slow your roll. You, uh, I think you were trying to put together another fight, right? And somebody, somebody didn't want to, didn't well, agree I to was, fight. I was going down to uh, to 55, and then UFC kind of calls it. Hey, man, you're the guy. You fight anyone, anywhere, any weight, right? I was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, well, Matt Brown's calling you. out. He wants to fight you again. I said, okay, cool, done. 
and then they wouldn't send the contract. And I was like, what's going on? What, why would you call me, tell me to fight, and then where's my contract three days later? And they're like, well, we're having some kind of, I'm like, How, what do you, what? And then they're like, well, we got this other guy, Yancey, he's gonna fill in. You're in, still in Austin, still main event. And I was like, good job, Yancey, thanks. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, had you watched much of Yancey? I mean, I know you're not a tape guy. I know you're not a fight fan, so to speak, but he was in a hell of a fight last time out, man. Absolute war. Did you, did you, have you watched anything on him? Yeah, as a team, we sat down after training at nights. We watched a lot of footage on me and a lot of footage on Yancey. So that's something. Is that a first? It's a damn near a first, yeah. It's pretty close to a first. Did you enjoy the experience or did you think it was a waste of your time? You know, we watched a lot of fights of me when I'd go out there when I was having a good time, like highlight reels. Not a highlight reel, but fights that I did well in, you know, and just cover what are you doing here that you didn't do here? Why, you know, we just tried to break it down and figure out the, the science behind it. And, uh, yeah, come Sunday, I guess we'll figure out if we fucking finally got the right formula. You talk about I mean, all these records that you're on the verge of setting. You know, normally a guy that have a couple losses, we'd say, "Hey, do you feel the pressure of protecting your job and that?" But I mean, the UFC is not cutting you. Let's right. be honest. Sure. I mean, you're 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 here. You're a superstar. So I mean, what does motivate you to, to go back to the drawing board to say, even at this point in my life, I'm reinventing things? Oh, because I'm a fucking winner. My whole life I've been a winner. You know what I mean? If if me and you went out, we had a rock throwing competition. I'm gonna try to fucking beat you. You know what I mean? If we go play tennis, I'm gonna try and win. Like that's. It's just in in my blood. So, fucking losing sucks, man. It's like the worst feeling. Like it's everyone's depressed. Everyone. I mean, you try to hold your head up and tell your family it's okay, but man, it burns. It sucks. So, it's time. Like I'm just losing three in a row. What the fuck is that? No, I'm not. That's not me. So, I'm here to win, man. That's what we all signed up for. I'm here to fucking win. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm here to get paid, but I'm here to win. Raise my hand. Set records. I want to set. I want a record to be so far that the little kids come up like, God damn, he got. 50 wins in the UFC? Yeah, you little bastard. Don't even try and touch my records. That's what I want. <laughs> I was going to ask. I mean, you've made a lot of money in your career, right? I mean, I, I don't know how well you've done with your finances, but, I mean, do you need to do this? You've got movie work. You've got stuff like that. I mean, do you have to keep doing this, or do you do it because you want to? <laughs> Financially, I'd probably be okay for a couple of years, and then i got to figure something out. But, uh, um... Yeah, I have to do this. This is, this is what I've dedicated my life to. This, the, the have to, I have to win. Like I have to compete. Like that's what I enjoy doing, man. I, whether, you know, no matter what it is, we're competing. Whether we're riding motorcycles, we're riding bikes, we're playing any kind of game. You know, it's just the, the competition level with our group is, it's real, constantly real. It's everything we do, and uh, this is like the biggest stage. I am able to play on, right? Like I couldn't go, I couldn't join a football team by going playing in the NFL now. So, yeah, this is, I have to do this, man. This is what makes me thump, you know? I, I need this. So the day that they tell me, we gotta take that walker away from you, Cowboy, you can't barely even walk to the cage anymore. That, that's gonna be a sad day for me, but yeah, I probably got five or six more good years in me. I'm in my prime, baby. <laughs> I know you always said the one thing coming up, you always said, I just want to be must-watch TV. I want to make sure wherever I am, people pull over because they know they got to watch you. Have, you. have you done that? Do you feel like you've accomplished that? I think so, man. I think people are like, God damn, Cowboys fighting. It's Sunday. We either bought tickets or we're watching. Kids are staying up late. We know this fight's going to be good. Even if it's a one-round fight, people love watching, you know, and, and – um, I just hope I have the charismatic crack that they're looking for and stay strong, man. You know, I, I, I love this. It's, like I said, there's nothing I can even contest that 
puts me on the same level as walking out of that cage, man. But, uh, hey. Does the beard make it to fight night? Now the beard's for a movie role. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping this. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the beard will be around for a little while. A little while longer. It'll be there, it'll be there Sunday night. The ass-whipping. The ass-whipping beard. Very nice. Well, you went back and watched old tape. So, is there a version of yourself? Is there a fight? that you remember, that you saw, that you identified a moment, a night, or something where you said, that's the guy we're going to see on Sunday, the guy you saw in this fight? You know, a couple of fights we didn't watch, but I knew in my mind, um, the old Razor Rob McCullough fight and the second Jamie Varner fight, you know, fights that I just knew switched, clicked already. Like, I knew Jamie Varner, I was whipping his ass long before the fight. Like, I, in my mind, let's go, you know? Uh, coming in Walter Way against... Um, my first two or three welterweight fights, you know, I just had a good momentum. I had the right mentality, the right guys with me, and it just, you know, everyone wants to point a finger when you do something wrong, but really it's, it's just me pointing the finger, you know. So they say you point one finger, three pointing back at you, right? Usually that's fucking what it is, and it's it all had to do with me. It really wasn't, I didn't have the right coaching, or I didn't have the right people around me. Well, no, it was really me just being lazy, so, uh, yeah. Being lazy, I think of you as a, as a hard-working guy that's always doing something. But you, you turned up another gear. Turned up another, yeah. This we turned up another gear for this one. I'm saying, like mentally, I know that poor fucking Yancey man. I feel bad for the kid. He's on a three-fight win streak. He's tried a lot of hard, but I feel good, man. I'm so excited. Like, let's hurry up and be Sunday. Cowboy Cerrone, hopefully you like what you're hearing, man. He says he's sick and tired of losing. Is ready to get out there and 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 get down to business, get back in 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 uh, in winning ways. Tough one to pick, man. I listen. I I've followed Cowboy's career since his WC days. It's hard. It's just hard not to like the guy. His fighting style, his his interview style, his attitude, and and I do think a lot of times when it comes, to, I don't know that I've ever picked against Cowboy to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever picked against him. Um, I just like the guy. I really do. And but Yancey, God, Yancey just looks so good and just seems to get better and better every single time out. So, man, I was I was really really torn in this fight. You know, as far as our staff picks go, I just I went ahead and and, and went with Cowboy. It's funny, boy. You know, you talk about staff picks. Our staff picks were crazy. Last week at Rockhold was 13 to 1 over UL Romero. 13 of our 14 staff members picked Luke Rockhold. Stephen Rocco was the only one to pick UL Romero. But it's funny because, you know, I think everybody that we talked to on the staff, everybody was like, ah, torn, 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 you know? So you can have 13 guys that are leaning 51%, 49%, and all of a sudden it looks like the entire junkie staff thinks this guy has no chance. Well, that's certainly not the case. So, you know, I, I love our staff picks grid. I think it's just fun to do. It's a kind of a little friendly competition within ourselves. Um, and, you know, it's of course, people like to give a shit for it or whatever. But it's fun. You know, it's fun doing the picks. Um, but it's it's uh, it's hard sometimes when those, when those picks are close and they look like that. So you have to be careful. You know, if you're trying to use it as a guideline, to, to, to think about where you're leaning or, or you're you're putting a wager and you go, wow, well, let's see what the junkie staff thinks. Man, 13 out of 14 like Rockhold, he must be a lock. <laughs> when none of the 13 people that picked him thought it was a lock. So anyway, it's my staff pick this week. I went with Cowboy Cerrone, but man, I am torn 
I'm to- I mean, if you go on recent form, you, you pick Anthony Medeiros, right? But I like what I'm hearing from Donald Cerrone, and I like what he's saying because I agree. Man, when he's got that little chip on his shoulder, when he's got that little fire, that little anger within, that's a dangerous dude. That's a dangerous dude. But then I get scared, too. You know, when he talks about being fierce. Now, he hasn't tried to mean mug or anything like that. Like, he's not trying to do that. I don't – you know, we haven't seen a face-off yet. But, you know, from all reports and everything we've heard, I mean, he's been pleasant in any dealings that he has had with the Yancey. Because I always wonder, I mean, Nate Diaz got in his head, right? I mean, when he knocked the cowboy hat off, I mean, that was a classic. Got in, in Donald Cerrone's head. So, you know, he has to fight within himself. He has to have that chip on his shoulder, but he also can't be too emotional. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a fun fight. I just don't see how this fight bores. Derek Lewis versus Marcin Tybura in the co-main event. Of course, love watching the Black Beast fight. Um, this is a Sunday fight, so because of that, we actually haven't um, had a chance to do our full interviews yet. Normally, by the time we sit down to record the podcast, we, we've already had our, our full media day and all that. Um, but we haven't done that yet, but you know, the couple times there have been Sunday cards, I, I haven't wanted to wait and, and put the podcast out a day late. Try to keep that routine going. Uh, I did see Derek today. He was in good spirits. He did say he's got a little bit of weight to cut, not a lot, uh, but he is a little bit over uh, the heavyweight limit, but... Um, you know, he, he says he's in the best shape ever. You know, the cardio has been a real, real big focus for him. It was funny. He was in there doing media, and Cowboy walked by, and Cowboy just yells in from the uh, yells in from the hallway. Where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at? <laughs> so Derek Lewis' reputation preceding him, Marcin Tibera is not going to lay down for him. He is not going to go away easy. Tibera is is tough, man, and. Uh, <sighs> This is, this is a tough fight again, man. This is another one. I, I like Tibura a lot too, man. He's a super nice guy, um, well-spoken, you know, trains out of Jackson's, um, but really, really good dude. And uh, yeah, it's a tough fight. I, I, I'm picking Derek Lewis, but, um, man, I, again, I think this is a really, really good fight. Francisco Trinaldo versus James Vick. Big fight there too, man. James Vick. That record he has is crazy. Why is he not getting the respect he deserves? But I like him, man. He's calling people out. He's talking shit. He's trying to get noticed. He's he's he's, he's on social media. He's doing interviews. Um, you know, fighting in his home state. He wanted to be in the main event. He wanted to headline here. Um, big big opportunity for him. Francisco Trinaldo, of course, Masa Arduba. Dude is tough, strong. You know, does fade sometimes. But uh, is dangerous and powerful, so like a good fight there. Tiago Alves versus Curtis Milner had a chance to sit down and talk to Tiago Alves. That full interview is on uh, YouTube if you want to see it. Of course, it'll be on MMA Junkie as well. But man, just so incredibly positive. Man, Alves' attitude is is fantastic. You know, losing that fight last time out. You know, he said he did get half of his show money, which he was a little frustrated. He won his full show money. Of course, that was that fight in St. Louis where Zach Cummings got hurt, slipped in the bathtub. And um, basically there was, uh, you know, I didn't stay at that hotel, but they were explaining to me the way the bed, the bathrooms were laid out. There's a, there was like a handrail. Like every bathroom had a handrail right outside the bathtub. And uh, he just slipped and hit his head on that, on that handrail. And they said it was nasty in there. You know, just looked like a crime scene, blood everywhere. Um, Zach Cummings was was bummed that it happened, and and Tiago no hard feelings whatsoever. It's like, dude, this is just a freaky thing. But interesting, you know, he did talk about that. He only got half his show money for that. And man, I think there's got to be some consistency. We got to figure that out. I mean, 
you know, that was the same car that Uriah Hall went down and, and Vitor Belfort, you know, wanted his money. But, you know, Vitor Belfort's guaranteed like $500,000, you know. So, I mean, if you're a business owner, I mean, do you want to give the guy 500000 for making weight? Like, no. I, and I get that. Um, and, of course, there were the extenuating circumstances there, too, where he turned down two other fights. You know, they tried to give him two other fights. Uh, and it didn't work out. So, uh, you know, it's it's just tough. I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, you know, I know it's easy to pick on the UFC, and everybody likes to pick on the UFC, and that's fine. They don't always make the best decisions. Um, but it's a tough situation for everybody to be in. Um, but Tiago, well, let's talk about it. You know, he said, listen, I got half my show money. Decent, you know, help me pay for my training, and they booked me again quick. But I'd, I'd like to see something. So Tiago's just had so many things happen. The guy's been in the UFC for over 12 years, man. 12 years. Starting year 13, crazy, crazy. So, um, yeah, man, says he's, you know, hungrier than ever, feels better than ever, has an amazing attitude, so big fight there. And as we talked in the interview, I'm sure Curtis Milner is a more fun fight for him. You know, no, no disrespect to Zach Cummings. Zach Cummings is going to come in and be in your face. He's going to grind. He's going to wrestle. I don't think Tiago likes to do that, so um, – Fun fight. Brandon Davis versus Steven Ocho Peterson. That one got uh, bumped up from the preliminary card when we lost another fight. Uh, two young, hungry dudes. I think that's going to be a lot of fun on paper. And then Sage Northcutt versus Tebow Goody. Sage Northcutt, you know, seems to be coming into his own out there at Team Alpha Male. Um, you know, it, it kind of had some hiccups and some ups and downs, but really seems to have found a camp that has the right energy around him that, that, that he fits in. I think he does fit in with that vibe, so anxious to see what uh, what he can do. Uh, just real quick, the, the the prelims as well, Diego Fajera versus Jared Gordon. Talk to both those guys. Full interviews there on YouTube as well if you're interested. Diego Fajera um, just finished a 17-month USADA suspension. Talk to him about it a little bit. He was very open. Um, you know, English is his second language, Portuguese. He's Brazilian. He lives in Texas. Portuguese is first, but I thought his English is, is good. Just if you listen, understand. I mean, it's a second language, so it's, you know, a, a little stutter here and there, but but much better than my Portuguese would be. But, you know, him, and I've talked to people around him, you know, swear this, this, this kid is not uh, a cheater. He's just not. Um, but what he did do was uh, not do his research and take bad advice from somebody that said, hey, here's the stuff you need to take. Um, and, and that's guilty. It's such a weird thing, right? Because it's negligence, but it's guilt. I mean, the, 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 the substances are in your system. Um, he got 17 months for it and it was a tough time for him. You know, he struggled to make it by during that time. He had plans for what he needed his money for. You know, he wanted to relocate his kids from Brazil to the United States for, for a shot at a better life. And it's tough, man. It's really, really tough. Then you got Jared Gordon. Great story with him, of course, the recovering addict um, who says, you know, he still speaks to his, his, his sponsor every day, um, you know, does things that he has to do to keep himself in line every single day, even during fight week. And he told me, you know, there was one thing I wanted to ask him, you know, it's a great story, but, you know, how long do you want your story of your recovering uh, drug addict, you know, to, to be the focus? I mean, at some point, don't you want people to just talk about you as a fighter? And he's like, well, yeah, of course I do, but... Uh, you know, I, I do want my my message, you know, my background to be powerful and, and, and help change people. I, you know, I do want to use this platform as an opportunity to reach out to people that need help and that, that um, and to assist them with with recovery. And I thought that was I thought that was super powerful. So two great guys there uh, battling out. 
Brian Camozzi versus Jeff Neal, Joby Sanchez versus Roberto Sanchez, Sarah Moras versus Lucy Pudlova. All that's on the prelims. Josh Bertman came in at the last minute uh, to face Alex Morono. Oscar Pichotto versus Tim Williams. So, listen, there's some there's some fun fights. It's, uh, you know, the main card, I think, is, is really, really intriguing. Um, but I think there's some good cards. I think, I think we're going to have some fun. I think Sunday night's going to have some fun. Um, listen, uh, it, I want to say briefly, too, you know, as, as much as it sucked that we weren't uh, <laughs> at the last two USC events, uh, we do have Matt Erickson out of Bellator 194. Uh, that's happening in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun Arena. And he's had full coverage from out there all week. Of course, uh, the fights are tomorrow as I sit down and record this on Thursday night. So by the time you're listening to this, it may be fight time already. Um, Roy Nelson versus Matt Mitrione. That's a, a big fight. Heavyweight Grand Prix open round. Derek Campos versus Patricky Freddy. Uh, Liam McGeary versus Vadim Nemkov. Taiwan Speedy Claxton. How great of a debut did he have? Great stuff, but I I wanted to make sure that you guys saw this because it's really weird. Um, there was a story today that that Matt Erickson was uh, was reporting on, where Heather Hardy and Anna Houlton are, are having this two fight series. It's pretty cool, right? I, kudos to Bellator for doing something uh, a little different. You know, they're, they're boxers that are making their way in MMA, so they've agreed that they're going to do a two fight series. Of course, they're going to do MMA and they're going to box as well. Um, pretty cool stuff. I like it. But, you know, it started to become kind of a, a little bit of a rivalry. You know, Anna is starting to get a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. I mean, Heather Hardy has kind of been a media darling, and, and I think Anna feels like she's not getting the respect that she deserves. Um, so it's kind of turned into a little bit of a, a grudge match, so to speak. So it's weigh-ins today, earlier today. Mike Mazzulli, uh, who is the head of the Mohegan Sun Tribe Commission, of course, he works with Bellator a lot. Uh, because they use the Mohegan Sun tribe to uh, o- to uh, oversee their foreign events, um, whereas you know the USC just does it themselves. Um, Scott Coker prefers to bring in a third party so that the, the organization. Number one, I, you know, I just don't think they have the bodies to do it, so it's easier to outsource it. But you know, Scott has always liked to have that separation between church and state. You know, he he doesn't want to self-regulate. And and truth be told, the UFC doesn't want to self-regulate either. I can tell you that from Mark Ratner's point of view. It just makes for complications. It makes for things. It makes for, for the potential for problems where people can say it's a conflict of interest, even if it's not. So uh, Mike Mazzulli, very educated on uh, the rules and, and how things are handled. Um, but I think he dropped the ball a little bit on this one. So Heather Hardy comes to win. She's 126.2. Um, she's still got a bikini on, right? And so Mazzulli just says, hey, you're good. You're fine. Point two for the clothes that you have on, like, you know, as my understanding is, they were kind of in a public area, uh, like on a concourse in the casino, so there wasn't um, necessarily like a, a good guarded way for her to get undressed and make sure nobody saw it. Um, so that was part of the problem. I guess there were some overhead security cameras even, you know, so that just further complicated matters. So, you know, Mike says, yeah, 126.2, like you still got clothes on. Like that would be 126, so we're just going to call it 126. And I get it. I get what his logic, I think, probably was. But the problem was the fighter didn't make 126. The fighter made 126.2. And that was presented to um, Anna. And I, I believe Anna and her camp were like, no, you you got to make weight. you got to make weight. And so there was some miscommunication. Um, Heather started rehydrating. And then Mike comes back and says, no, you know, I, I knew that she missed um, but, but I, you know, I was worried for her health and safety. And so that's why I told her, you know, not to take off her clothes because I wanted her to start rehydrating. 
I mean, I didn't see it, but I can tell you Matt Erickson, I spoke to him. He was there, and he's like, listen, I don't I don't think that's the way it went down. But, you know, I, so bottom line is Heather Hardy is now fine 20% of her total purse, show money and win money, that she's going to have to give to Anna. So the stakes have gone up even more because now Heather's pissed. She's like, listen, Anna has no right to any portion of my uh, purse whatsoever. And yet she's guaranteed 20%. So I, I think, you know, and, and listen, I know the commissions don't like to admit fault and, and they want to look strong and they want to look perfect, and I get it. Um, but I, I think bottom line it was just kind of a, a judgment error, a mistake was made, you know. And, um, you know, talking to Matt Erickson, who was there, who was the one, you know, witnessing it, he says that's kind of the way he saw it too. So I, the thing is, like, that's okay, man. People make mistakes. We're human beings, and, and we get busy, and we got multiple things going on, and, and mistakes are going to be made. Um, but, you know, I think you just have to step up and admit it, and and hopefully this can be rectified because I think it's a damn shame, regardless win or lose, that Heather Hardy is out this money because I think she felt, you know, number one, that she would have had another two hours if she wanted to keep cutting. Now, the commission saying they weren't going to give her the two hours because she didn't look safe, but... I don't know, man. You talk to Matt Erickson. It's you know, it's a little late now. He's he's getting some sleep. Otherwise, I'd I'd, I'd dial him up. But I'll talk to him earlier. And it just doesn't sound like that's the way it happens. So interesting to watch. But that's going to be Friday night. Of course, the UFC is on Sunday night. So uh, I will definitely be tuned in and watching the Bellator event on uh, on Friday night. And of course, we'll have uh, on-site coverage there. So if you want to see weigh-in video, weigh-in photos, you can see that. Oh, here's another. Well, I should say, if you want to see ceremonial weigh-in video, here's another thing: they wouldn't let us shoot video at the official weigh-in ceremony this morning. Matt was told he could shoot stills, but he couldn't shoot video. And so we don't have video of everything that happened. Otherwise, we'd have a perfect record of how everything went down with Heather Hardy, and it would be clear as day. But we weren't allowed to shoot. Come on, man. Come on. Let's let's be transparent, guys. Let's be transparent. So, uh, But if you want to see all the stuff that, that Matt has out there, there's video interviews. Um, it's on MMA Junkie. It's on YouTube. It's all there. So we're, we're going to have on-site coverage there. So I will say, as frustrated as I am with the bean counters <laughs> in the upper offices for not letting us cover those last two UFC events, uh, they are letting us cover both UFC and Bellator on site this weekend. So I should give them a, a proper pat on the back when it's necessary. Uh, okay, listen. Um, the other half of the headliner, Yancey Medeiros. What a great guy he is, man. He's always been a good dude. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, he, he trains in Hawaii. He trains with the Diaz brothers. He goes back and forth. Um, but always been a, a fun fighter to watch and just a great dude as well. Hell, he even, he even brought me some... Some chocolate-covered macadamia nuts today. Kona Crunch. He brought that to the interview, and I needed it because I'll tell you what, I had not eaten all day. I had had no food. I would gotten a little bit of stuff at the Admiral's Club, but just a, just a little bit. Uh, I, was, I was trying to save my money. I was trying to save my per diem money so I could go get some barbecue, <laughs> which I did, and some of these frosty beverages. Uh, so his macadamia nut. Uh, chocolate got me through, but uh, then sat down and talked to him about you know kind of where he's at, uh, how he sees his career, how he you know what kind of fights he wants, how he sees this opportunity. Of course, we talked about USC Hawaii, all that and much much more. Here is Yancey Medeiros. 
Right, yeah, it's a UFC main event, man. This is this is the headlining slot. What's the uh, what's the experience been like for you so far? It's been it's been great, man. I mean, just I'm taking this all in full stride, coming off of three wins and UFC. UFC wanted a main event out of me, and I was like, yeehaw, I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> we always hear about, you know, all the added responsibilities and media obligations and just the stuff that becomes kind of a hassle. Mm -hmm. How's that been for you? Have you? Has it been off-putting for you, or do you feel like you've been kind of building up to it? Uh, I feel it's just part of the job, you know, as, as things as things rise in your career, there's a lot more. There's a lot more you have to do, not just for your gym, but for the people around to understand all this is not just for me, it's for the people that want to know, have an insight. So Hawaiians are givers, and fortunately I'm a bit of Portuguese, so I like to talk. <laughs> if I get, I give. That's pretty much how I live by. So if I, you know, time is a big, a big essence, and if you can give time to somebody, they usually give time back to you. Very good, very good. Well, you mentioned it, man. Three-fight win streak. You have been looking fantastic in this win streak. Uh, I mean, you've listen, you've always been a great fighter, but you, you had some up-and-down results. So what is it, man? What changed? What's clicking right now that, that you're just firing on all cylinders? Uh, I feel, you know, of course, the weight, the, the weight class, the move up in weight class is great. I feel like I'm much more durable, and I feel that UFC and all my fans and supporters see the Yadsi that all my coaches and training partners see in, in the gym. You know, all, I've trained with world martial artists, Nick and Nate Diaz, I've cross-trained with them. Now I'm at home, full-time, training with a world champ. Max Holloway is my main sparring partner, one of my main partners, and it's just the feedback he gives me. The system that we have at home is just great. Before, we had to like, oh, you need to get out of Hawaii. You need to go, you need to hire these certain people, and it's just like, no, we have everything we need here. Max is a perfect example of that, and just, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And just we're keeping to the system. I feel that not only that we're trying to get better, but my coaches try to get better too. My team, everybody rises as we as as I come up. My coaches come up too. They keep up with everything that needs to be kept up with. They also they're just open minded, open hearted, and they want to grow. Never we're never content, and we're just happy with the system we have, and we just make everything better. That's interesting because, you know, like, it's not just Hawaii. I mean, you, you look at, like, say, like, the guys that are in Australia, you know, people that are in Europe, you know what I mean? You hear that in every market, like, you're never going to get good if you stay here. you got to go to America. you got to go train with the wrestlers. you got to go do this. So so what is the what is the key? Is it just making sure that you're always studying and learning and developing? I mean, how can that be replicated in other areas? Um, I think, you know, for a lot of the whole game, the fight game, it was always like, oh, how are you going to prepare for this guy? How are you going to prepare him? For me, Max, and I feel like our system at home, the coaches are like, make me think like, how am I gonna beat the last Yancey Madaris everyone's seen? You know I mean? Yes, it was a great fight I had, but it's like, I'm training to beat that guy's ass. And then whoever's in front of me, I'm getting ready for. That's that's just my whole concept. You know, every, going down to 155, I wake up and it'd be like, oh, I'm worried about, I'm worried about my weight. You know, not 170, weight cuts not even, not weight, making weight's not a problem for me. And now, now I'm just like, how do I get better? How do I get better? It just, there's no, I don't wake up and be like, stepping on the scale. I wake up and be like, okay, what's my schedule? Like, how am I gonna kill myself today? And it's just, I feel like that's just been great for me. I'm always a happy, positive individual. And it's just, even more so now, it's just now I can, I can even push out more of that aloha. Yeah, keep that smile, keep those hugs, keep those hugging, come, um, those hugs coming for everyone. <laughs> so the days of 155 gone forever? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think it's gone forever. It's just that financially, Hawaii is expensive. I ain't got McGregor money. I can't be. If I could hire a nutritionist, nutritionist and stay with me 
four, five, six weeks out, I feel like I could make 155 easy, but yeah, I got kids, I got priorities, I got, you know, I'm training full time and it's just less stress on my end and I can focus more on what I need to do instead of what I want to do. And if, like I said, if I had the finances to, to, to go to go to that to go to that that weight class, I think it would be much easier for me, and I could make that weight much easier because I don't want to stress about it. I want I'll pay somebody else to stress all of that and feed me, you know, and just keep feeding me because I know I'm gonna make make weight. I still work with a nutritionist now, as I'm Lockhart MMA, and they've just been phenomenal. You know, the Mealy way, they've just been phenomenal with me. Fight weeks and just. I'm eating every day, three, four times a day. Fool, Hawaiian's eating, man. Hawaiian's eating all week, and he's going to eat on Sunday. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, you, know, you mentioned your last fight out. One of the greatest fights ever, right? I mean, yeah. one of the best fights in USC history. But what made it so fun was you got rocked a little bit, too. Uh, you got yes, tagged. So, yes. so I wonder, I mean, do you want to keep having fights like that where you know that the crowd is going crazy, or do you think to yourself, I cannot allow myself to be hit like that? <laughs> I mean, the plan is never to block all the strikes with your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, that is something I do accept. I don't expect that, but I accept it. I accept that this is the fight game, and you know, last fight, Cowboy, I really misjudge his athleticism and his length. And then that, that's if I watch my fight over and over, and I'm just like, wow, you know, he was faster than I thought he would have been. He was longer than I thought he was, and that's I had to make those adjustments. I had to make the adjustments, and I feel that I made those adjustments at the end of the first round, second round, and third round. And it's just first round, I was very emotional, getting very emotional. He dropped me. I was like, oh, I gotta get him back. He dropped me again. I'm like, oh, even more, I gotta get him back. And now I'm like, no, you got ten more minutes with this fool. You, know what I mean? you don't need to finish the fight and every and every punch. No, get back to get back to what you train with. You're 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 a mixed martial artist. You're mar you're a martial artist. You need to stay composed. You, you don't see Bruce Lee getting all crazy in there, right? He's always mellow and he's composed. And it's just like look at all the champions. The composure is just up there. They're always well composed. Look at Max. All these guys. There's the the mental, physical composure that they they. They produce out there is just it's unreal. I love it. Yeah, I love how they portray that, and it's just I sponge off of all of that, and just you can't get emotional in this game to a fact where you you start you start losing and trying to trying to change the tide with one hit, one strike. You know that those those days and ages are growing. It's getting old, and it's like it does happen, but it's getting le it's getting less and less and less. And you see you see that like a lot of guys are durable. A lot of guys can take a beating and punishment. But but that's not that's not the game of you being the best. You know the the champs don't take a lot of damage. <laughs> if you look, yeah. they don't take a lot of damage. They they in there. Look at Demetrius Johnson. That guy rarely gets hit, and he's a perfect example of a, a great fighter because he just keeps getting better and better. And that's him, Max. Those are all guys that I, that I look up to. Yes, I have a style like Nick and Nate. I feel it's that killer be killed attitude. But I need to. I need. Um. I, I hang around, I hang around that, I indulge it, that's my martial arts background, and then now I'm working with my team back at home, and they're just making me a better, complete fighter, making me use all my attributes and perform it optimal. That's awesome. You know, you talked about the things you did wrong in that fight and, and what you could do to get better, but I do wonder, when, when you went back and watched that fight on tape with Cowboy Oliveira, yeah. was there also a part of you that was just, like, proud of yourself? I mean, did, did, is that the type of thing that proves something to yourself as, as a fighter and, and, hell, as a man? I mean, at... I felt like I've, I've always, I've always had that mentality. Like I gotta die before I quit. Like I got swim, I got swim coaches and all that, and they're like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a tough one." I'm like, "Well, you know CPR, right?" 
okay, drown me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm accepting it. Like, that's why the ref is there. The ref is there to watch out for my safety. So the last thing I'm worried about is my safety. I'm worried about putting putting on a show, winning, and giving, a sh giving the crowd a show. Like I said, this is a business of entertainment. And how long are you gonna be in this business to make money? And you know, the crowd, the crowd wanna see finishes. They don't wanna see decisions. Regardless on how much of a fight fan you are to any fighter, they don't wanna see you not being entertaining. You could be the greatest martial artist, the greatest fighter in the world, but if you can't bring that entertainment to the octagon, you can't, you're only gonna be an asset to the company, not an investment, and that's what I'm working for. I like that. an investment to this company. Um, Cowboy's a company man. I'm, I feel like I'm a company man. I need to get paid and you take care of the company, the company's gonna take care of you. I like that, man. So you talk about this matchup with Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, a guy that's been around forever, a guy that his his attitude, his ability to fight, it's legendary as yeah. well. So when they came to you with this name, um, was it excitement right away? Oh, yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. I literally said to my guy, yeehaw, I'm your Huckleberry. So give me that contract, I'm going to sign it, and I will step on that skill Saturday. And I will step into that octagon. I actually wanted to fight him on May 3rd. He was asking for a fight. Manager screenshot me. Him on IG, he's like, oh, ask you for a fight, whoever wants a fight. I'm like, right there, tell Sean Shelby, I'll fight him. I, I respect Cowboy to the utmost, you know, I, 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 I feel like, I just met him the other day and he's just like, hey man, yes, how you doing, my man? I'm just like, man, I can't be mad at this guy. You know, I can't like, he's just like, it seems like he's part Hawaiian over here, you know, he's just so nice and all that. But like I said, this is the business of entertainment and, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna put all emotions aside and we're gonna do work, regardless of how much I like the person or how much I hate him, which I really don't hate anyone. But it is what it is when it comes to putting work in, because in the end, I'm still gonna shake your hand and I'm still gonna give you respect, not as a fighter, but as a man. I feel I give everybody that, you know, respect is mutual and you gotta give that to get that. Very nice. When you prepare for fights, I mean, are you, are you a tape study guy? And the reason I ask is, you know, Cowboy, he entertains, no doubt about it. But he's come up short lately. And I just wonder, when you look at, I mean, do you see a diminished version of Cowboy at all? Or do you feel like just some things haven't gone his way? Never. What did you see? I've never, I've never thought that. I've never, I'm not taking these history, history losses into, into consideration and seeing that he's on a downfall. It happens. We, we hit a rough road in the past, but he's a fighter. You can't deny that. And... Fighters are gonna fight and you're gonna get better. I'm expecting the best cowboy in there on Sunday in this octagon. And I'm not taking anything away from him. Like I said, there's a reason why he fights a hundred times a year, because he he's a fighter. And I'm not he's he's saying he's gonna he's gonna bring that ass whooping back and that's what I expect and that's what I want because Hawaiian's ready for an ass whooping because I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give all my aloha and I'm gonna give all my heart. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, you know, you, you win here. This will be a signature win for you. You'd be on this nice winning streak. You guys been yelling for UFC Hawaii. Yes. I, I feel like you guys probably got the inside scoop. But it's from the outside looking in. It sounds like progress is being made. Are you, I mean, are you are you optimistic? Is it gonna happen? Oh man, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's like UFC. They don't like. Come on, bro. Come on, boss. I've been, I've been, I've been wanting this. It's not just because I want to fight in Hawaii. It's a give back. Like Hawaiians love to give and. They've given us so much support, so much, so much encouragement. Like, I feel like sometimes, like the fans, the support. I come home and they're treating me like a celebrity. And I'm just like, no, no, I'm just Hawaiian Yancey. You know, like I don't want. It's like they put me on. Like I feel like sometimes they put me on a pedestal. And I'm like, I want to, I want to bring back down. It's just I want to give back. You know, it's like you don't understand how much I appreciate support and all the love and aloha that's been given to me. And so is Max and everybody that's representing Hawaii, all the UFC fighters, and it's just. That's our give back. We givers. 
we're givers, man. I'm gonna give you a show, and we're gonna, we, every time we step into the octagon, we're gonna give you our all. So I just come on, Dana, give us a, give us that show. I feel like you know summer would be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know August ish, July August ish would be would be prime. You know, for for another fight for me. So I'm just I'm I'm really excited that things are looking more on the yay than the nay. That's awesome. I can tell you everybody in the media would like for UFC Hawaii to oh, happen. We'd be okay. And I know that everyone's going to love that because who's not going to want, who's not going to want to fight me in a round three, round trip whole ticket to Hawaii? <laughs> you don't want to wait tomorrow to take that fight. Don't even act. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, a win here certainly helped. I mean, obviously, Max is a big part of that. I think a win here would be big for you. Uh, it's interesting because normally the UFC doesn't put fighters on a winning streak and fighters on a losing streak together, but I don't think anybody had any problems with this fight because they said this is going to be a fun fight. Did, did you feel the same even though, you know, this isn't a contender fight, so to speak? Oh, no, I think I think it's they're putting on fights that we get. Like I said, it's a business entertainment. Why are they putting him in Cowboy? Not because he had three losses. Because he knows that I'm going to stand in that, I'm going to walk to the middle of that octagon and I'm going to sling my guns with him too. UFC knows that and I feel that this is the part that they're giving me the shot. Like a lot of the, a lot of fighters are talking about what, what they deserve and what they need and what they want. It's like, hey, maybe, maybe you do deserve it. Maybe you do, maybe you do, um, you do deserve what, what you feel you want. But at the same time, it's like. No amount of talking is gonna get me anywhere. I'm gonna talk with my hands. And that's why I feel UFC has given me has given me this shot and these opportunities and these situations. They're like, oh I wanna do this, I wanna do I wanna be the best. So you know what? UFC's giving me this shot. I feel, you know, I'm I'm riding this Hawaiian wave. It's still coming. We went from Brazil to Detroit, now it's coming into Texas. It's it doesn't stop from here and it's just I wanna talk with my hands and show UFC that I'm a company man and I'm gonna just put up, I'm gonna shut up and put out. Right, there was the other half of your main event. I just don't see on paper, you know, how this fight is going to be fun on Sunday night. I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to get a good night on Sunday night. That's fingers crossed. I think we're getting a good night leading into uh, the holiday on Monday. Hopefully everybody's got uh, a long weekend planned. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing my son. It's sick, man. Oh, man, kids are. Kids are dying from the flu, and he's got the flu. And I, th I you know, I'm not just gonna overreact. He's gonna be okay, um, but it's scary, man. And then, ah, damn, all the school shooting stuff that went on last week, man. I just gut wrenching, man. Gut wrenching stuff. I, uh, I'm anxious to get back home and, and spend some time with my kid. Not fun to watch, man. Uh, listen, but we're not gonna get all political and shit on here. That's not what we do on the MMA Road Show. We're just we're just talking to the MMA, keeping it light, having some frosty beverages. Uh, yeah, so listen, uh, Friday night, the coverage there will be coming from Matt Erickson. Sunday night, it will be coming from me. I'll be backstage uh, we'll getting the interviews. Uh, you know, we'll see how much media is out here. I don't know. Today, I didn't really get a feel for it because today was not the official media stuff. It was just me. Um, so I don't know who's here. I haven't got a good feel um, for who's going to be around. So I guess tomorrow after the media day, um, I have a better idea and understanding of how much media we're going to have here. So um We'll see. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, sorry that, that my man Cole Coffee is not here. Uh, we're going to work on some of that stuff. I uh, We've been talking about it. I guess I'll, I'll just tease it real quick. We've been talking about um, starting a Patreon. I know a lot of people are doing that lately, and it's something that I didn't really want to do. I always wanted to keep this content free, and I will keep this content free. I don't want anybody to spend a dollar.
dollar for it. Um, but if people are willing to support us, um, that would be cool. That would be very, very much appreciated. And, um, you know, we, we started doing some advertising, which we didn't do for the longest time. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I, I love the people that we've worked with so far. Um, and, and I, I never want to, um, advertise with anybody that's a product that we don't believe in. I definitely do that. Like if I'm, if I'm pitching a product to you, I want to make sure you know that I believe in it. Cause I, I don't want to, to just try to sell you some bullshit. Um, but then I started thinking too, you know, like I appreciate anybody that wants to support a company because they want to support us, but you know, maybe there is a, a, a desire to just support us directly. So anyway, I say all that because what we want to do is we want to raise some funds um, because uh, <laughs> neither one of us have any extra money sitting around the bank. Journalism does not make you rich, boys and girls. If you like it, do it. Don't expect to get rich. <laughs> uh, but we want to get some new technology stuff, man. We, you know, people have talked about a video component in the past, and, and um, I think we'd like to do that. You know, and, and some of the gear we have works, but we need a little bit of different gear as well to do some of the stuff we want to do. Um, and we want to do some, some more stuff when we are in different places that we can still be together, so to speak. And, and so that's something that we want to do. Um, you know, cold coffee is a huge part of this of this podcast. And um, hell, maybe maybe even the more entertaining part of it half the time. I feel like I'm just droning on when I'm sitting here talking by myself. So I, I like having a little comic relief to, to change things up a little bit. So um, there's some things that we want to do that requ- are just going to require a little bit of funding to do them. And um, yeah, so I, you know, again, it's something that this content will always be free. I'll never I'll never charge anybody for this content. Um, I, I just love the fact that anybody even wants to listen to it. But if you happen to be of that you know, special kind of level, and you got a few extra bucks in your pocket that you can help do it, I, I think we, we want to find a way to make it fair. So um, stay, stay tuned to that. We'll, we'll have something coming on that. And um, yeah, <laughs> hell, maybe we can. Man, can you imagine if we actually had enough that like, like even if, if uh, our bosses were like, you can't cover that event, but like, don't worry, bro. Our Patreons have got it covered. We're going. See ya. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You never know. You never know what we could save and use that money for. That that would be. I would. I would love to be able to do that. So, uh, anyway, but we want to take take care of some of those tech things. We've always been. I've always taken pride in that. Hopefully, this sounds good, and hopefully, the audio quality is great. Uh, hopefully, the content is good, and uh, and we want to do some stuff. But we don't want to do it in a shitty way. We want to do it in a way that uh, that is. Easy on the ears and uh, easy on the eyes. Well, as easy on the eyes as we can be, that's for sure. Anyway, listen, uh, I have rambled on long enough. You've heard me talking to uh, to fighters. Want to thank all of them for the time. Hopefully, uh, when I'm when I'm when I'm by myself like this, I don't put you to sleep. <laughs> that's my biggest fear. <laughs> all right, listen. Uh, yeah, I need some sleep. I slept on the way to Dallas. I slept on the way to Austin. But you're talking about three hours on a plane total. I'm hurting. I'm going to bed. Thanks for listening.